Welcome to Mankato City Stream, a podcast about city happenings. Welcome to Mankato City Stream. I'm your host, Adele Fiedler. Today we're with Kyle Heinrichs, superintendent at Mankato's water treatment plant. Today, Kyle is going to discuss the importance of water conservation. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you. First, can you tell us a little bit about what you do at the water treatment plant? So I, uh, I manage the, uh, the, the treatment operations maintenance of the Mankato water treatment plant and all 11 remote sites. So the, the treatment into the facility, the, the raw water into the facility, the treatment of it, the distribution into Mankato's lower and upper system. Okay, so you and your team are responsible for um, the water that's coming out of the faucets when people um, pour it into their, their glass from the taps. Yes, yep, yep, we produce that water. Um, so before we get talking about water conservation, I thought it'd be important to also talk about the equipment that you work with at the water treatment plant, because it sounds like water usage could impact how well those items work. So why is it important to ensure the pumps and other equipment at the plant are running as usual? So the residents depend on us to supply a quality product. So we have four wells that supply to the water treatment plant. So we have four main wells. And... Uh, two deep wells, two shallow wells. Some of it's built in for redundancy, um, but we have to make sure that, that those wells, if, if the demand increases, that we, we have to be able to produce what, what the city needs without putting restrictions on. Um, you know, we have a pretty good mix of residential, um, industrial, commercial um, service taps within the city. So, so uh, what we have to do is, is we have to make sure that, that we can supply whatever that need is. Um, if there's any any disruptions in service, whether it be main breaks, um, this summer obviously as as the pumping increased, we have to make sure that we can can meet whatever needs and and also not just meeting the, the volume needs, but meet the the quality needs of the residents. We have to make sure that we're we're able to meet the uh, the, the high quality water that the Mankato residents expect out of us. And you had mentioned um, all this water that you're trying to get to residential um, locations, businesses, other service areas. On average, how many gallons of water is pumped daily or maybe even annually? So on, on average, we pump uh, about 5 million gallons a day. Last year in 2020, it was like 4.905. It was just under 5 million gallons total. So that, that comes out to be just under 3,500 gallons a minute on average. Um, Mankato being... Um, heavy residential, our, our commercial and industrial is, is pretty steady use. That, that doesn't fluctuate that much. But Mankato being a college town, um, the college or the residential usage really fluctuates. So we can tell definitely when college is in session, we can tell um, that the consumption's up. Uh, winter break, the, the consumption drops dramatically. Um, so it does fluctuate time um, throughout the year. And the operators monitor the facility 24 hours a day for those types. They monitor the usage, and we have a, a specific capacity in the distribution system that we try to maintain. So those operators will fluctuate that 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 3,500 gallon minute annual average up or down based off the needs of the city of Mankato, and and relay that throughout the city and store it where we need to store it. Okay, um, you had mentioned um, where we're getting our water from. I think was it four four sources. Yeah. Um, where does the majority of Mankato's drinking water come from? What are those sources? So we have two deep wells and we have two shallow wells. Um, um, we get seventy per, roughly 70% of our water from the shallow wells. 
Uh, we, we were a little bit less than that a few years back, but we're trying to optimize what we're doing is, is Mankato really prides itself on being sustainable. So we're trying to take as much water as, as we can from that, that shallow well. Um, we're, we're pretty unique in Minnesota. We're not a surface water intake. You get some of the larger cities that are just a direct intake out of the river where we have an actual shallow well. It's called a, it's a ranny well, um, which has laterals that go out into the water table and, and supply that to a center caisson and it's pumped from there. So it's not a, it's considered a groundwater under the direct influence of surface water. So the, it, it has both the, the superficial sands aquifer and the influence from the river in there. So that's where we try to get a majority of our water. And since this is a dry year, we don't, we don't see it as much because it is 60 feet under the riverbed and that's what supplies that. Um, those are two major pump, major wells that, that pump to the facility. And we have two, two deep wells that are in the Mount Simon aquifer. Um, those are 600 636 feet and 670 feet, I believe, um, below grade. Um, those are, um, confined through other aquifers, um, very secure water source, um, the reason we don't pump as hard out of that is because that's a finite resource. It's not something that is sustainable, like the, the continuous flow of the river. So that the water that's down there is extremely old. And that's, that's something that we're trying to preserve as, as Mankato is, is just to diversify our, our supply. So we don't have all our eggs in one basket. So if something were to happen, if restrictions were on the Mount Simon aquifer, we can still pull and meet the city's needs off of the, the, the two ranny wells that are in the sufficial sands aquifer. Okay. And you had mentioned um, laterals in the river going back a little bit. Can you just explain quickly what those are for people who may not be familiar with them? So the best way for me to explain that is, is I like to tell everybody, if you would imagine an octopus, is, is that's what it would look like. If you were to stand that octopus up, the, the body of it straight up and down, that's the center caisson. And on top of beyond the head of the octopus, there's two wells that go down 60 feet. And, and there's a, a bowl down at the bottom. And that would be the center caisson would be the body of the octopus. The tentacles of the octopus would be the laterals that go out anywhere from 75 to 226 feet. And they're screened. So the water then percolates the screen of that lateral and feeds. It flows into that center caisson. And then from there, it's pumped out. So that, that's the best way for me to, as, as I always tell everybody, just imagine an octopus. And th that's exactly what it would look like with a little hat on top and two pumps inside. Okay, that'll work perfect for people who are listening then to, to picture that in their heads as they're trying to determine what, what a, understand what a lateral is. It's really unique. It's not something that a lot of cities can do. It's, it's really dependent on the soil of, of the ground around what, where we're trying to put it. So the water has to be able to percolate that soil. It's real sandy soil down there on the, the Minnesota and Blue Earth River there right along there. So it, it flows really well. Okay. And uh, you had also mentioned that we're draw drawing from the Mount Simon Aquifer only as needed, it sounds like. And you had also said that it was a finite source. Can you explain what that is? So we're a member of the Mount Simon Users Group, and, and they monitor the, the Mount Simon Aquifer to see are we, what is our impact on the Mount Simon Aquifer? Is it, is it uh, drawing down? Are we gaining in the aquifer? What, what are we doing? So we work directly with them to make sure we're not having a negative impact. We pull 25 to 30% of our water from there. And, and like I said, we're really trying to be as, as conservative as possible with, with, with that resource. Cause it's, you know, as, as cities expand and, um, you know, we're, we're not recharging the aquifer 
quite like we were in years past is, is as all cities are expanding, we're, you know, we're, we're expanding into, um, sloughs, swamps, whatever. And, and those are the places where, where they would recharge. Obviously Mankato with how the, the, the confining layers are for the a drop of water to get from the ground here down in the Mount Simon Aquifer would never happen in our lifetimes. And it's not something that can be, um, like I'm imagining a bowl that we need to fill up with water. So this aquifer doesn't just refresh on a regular basis. It could take, I don't know how many years potentially to so I, even get it back up. Yeah, so there'd be, it's, yeah, water Water does percolate its way down. There's, I think it's up on Northwest Metro is where it is the, the shortest time, but down here it would take thousands of years for it to get to, to the Mount Simon Aquifer. So it is a, a continuous recharge, but as we are starting to expand more parking lots, more impervious surfaces, we run that water off and it goes into you know, holding ponds, eventually rivers and whatever else. It doesn't go back to recharge what what we had been recharging, you know, hundred years ago. It's not the same and we're we're reducing the rate at what it does recharge. And that's why we're we're monitoring so much. So as as to what is our impact on that. Okay. And Mankato's not the only city drawing from that, it sounds like. So there's multiple cities that are are taking or drawing resources from that, which ultimately has an overall impact. Correct. On the aquifer. Correct. Yeah, there's there's quite a few that are in the Mount Simon. I'd, I'd have to look at a map to see exactly how the aquifer lays. Um, but in the metro, I know in the metro they 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 uh, they pull predominantly out of the Mount Simon. If they're not a surface water, there's a few surface water in Minneapolis. Um, they're a surface water up there, but otherwise all the outstanding communities I would assume are are mostly uh, Mount Simon aquifer. Okay. So. So we've talked a little bit about where our drinking water resources come from. If we go back to con- conservation and how things are ran at the plant, um, what can happen overall if water use from residents, businesses, or other others in the community significantly increases? Um, if water use significantly increases, um, you know, we we do our best to supply the city with with what they need. If for some reason it would expand outside what we can produce, like I said, we had we have four main wells that that feed the facility. If for some reason that can't keep up, we have a seasonal well and we have an emergency well. So that would provide an extra thirteen hundred gallons a minute. But we would we would be able to to turn those on and and assist with what we need through the facility. And, and if that still wasn't enough to to maintain with the demands of the city of Mankato, then we would have to move towards some sort of restrictions. Um, like right now we have even odd restrictions and um, on watering, but if, if, a, if it were to get where we can't supply the, the full demand of the city, we'd have to move further than that. Um, it's not something that, that we'd want to do. You know, we want to maintain the living and, and what people um, comfortably try to do. So, so we just want to maintain that, but, but that would be eventual steps that, that cities would have to take. So even if we're conserving, um, now because of the, the weather that we've had. Why is it important to make water conservation a regular habit for those times when we do have um, plenty of rainfall? So a lot of people take it for granted. They turn the faucet on, the water's there, and the water's clean. Um, Minnesota is a water-rich state. It, it, there's water everywhere, but quality water isn't everywhere. There's parts of this, of just in Minnesota here, that, that they have to there's some city there's a city that has to pump water almost 20 miles to get it to their facility because that's the closest that that they have um usable water and it's it's limited and then they have to buy from other cities 
Um, so that's a situation that, you know, I, I would hope I don't see in my lifetime, but that, that we have to be cognizant of that, that, that we do have, um, there's water everywhere, but it's not all usable water. Um, and, and we have to make sure we preserve that for, for future generations that, that it's, it's, we need to make sure it's there. If we don't monitor how we, how we use it now, it, it, it'll reduce what we're able to do in future generations. Some of the things that we've been doing in Mankato to conserve water, some of the major things that we've done is, you know, you know a lot of people do that, you know, as at a residence level, there's, there's things, you know, you can, you know, shut your, obviously shut the water off when you're brushing your teeth. I, I preach that to my kids. Um, on, on a residential level, a, a couple gallons goes a long way. You put some dye in the back of your toilet to see if the, the seal is, or the, the flap is leaking in there. Conserving water doesn't just help us, it helps the residents that, that the less that they'll have to spend on their water bills. Um, for what the city's done is we've, we've installed a reclaim system where, where we reclaim um, our backwash water off of our filters. And last year we did uh, about 1.7, um, 170 million gallons of water reclaimed back to the facility, about 10% of our raw water. So hey, we're doing everything that we can to make sure we we're efficient with what we're doing, that we're not being wasteful with these resources that we have. And we need to be, you know, like I said, we need to be cognizant of what we have and, and not not waste it. Um, so you're talking a little bit about what the city's doing to conserve water, some of the methods in place, and then gave um, some tips to listeners as well. Um, Mankato has a water conservation program as well. So can you talk a little bit about that and how um, how residents can can follow it to make sure they're aligned with with that program? Yep. So yeah, so there are a lot of things out there. Um, making sure that your your appliances are all water sense rated, so that way they they're Shower heads are less than two gallons a minute. Toilets are less than 1.6 gallons per flush. There's different things that you can do there. Um, but to the, the the plan that was, so we adopted in 2014 a water supply plan. And in that water supply plan had uh, different measures to reduce consumption. So there's commercial, there's residential uh, reduction use. And then some of it was also um, towards the uh, like the odd even watering, so the irrigation portion of it. So what that odd even that Mankato adopted in 2014 is to do is to try and reduce the overall demand in that facility. So we have over 10,000 um, residential service connections. So what that does is tells you that, that only 5,000 people are allowed to water grass on the even days, the other 5,000 get the odd days. And it try and spreads the overall demand of, of the, the irrigation watering out over all the residents, but over over the, the those times where we need that that spread apart. Otherwise, if you allowed or if we allowed all the residents to water seven days a week, we would see that that high demand every single day. So it helps it helps us to to manage how we're pumping water, um, and it, it it just it just allows for better management in in production of the water system. It's all about trying to manage, like I said, manage our resource and not stress the the equipment at the facility. I mean, you you could push it hard, but then, like I said, you might move into quality issues or um, turnover. We're we're a large distribution system, and we and we get part of our water. This is groundwater and influence, so it's not just about producing a a gallon of water for the residents. It's making sure that we maintain that quality at three thousand gallons a minute, the same as we do at six thousand gallons a minute. 
So that, that's what this odd even does is it helps us to, to, to maintain that water quality, to, to maintain a quantity as well to, to residents throughout the system. And that was really good background on how the program works and, and the importance of having the program in place. And we've mentioned even odd um, quite a bit through these last couple minutes. Can you just explain a little bit for people who may not be as familiar with it, what even odd means, what an even house is, what an odd house is? So um, the even, so if, if the last digit of your, the house number, your house number is an odd number, then you get to water on the odd days. If the last digit, if it's a two, four, six, eight, or zero, you get to water. You get to water on the even days. Um, so, so yeah, to follow that, I would assume um, I, the the sprinklers that I've looked into, they're all programmable, so you can just pick odd or even. And the rest of us that they get to drag a water hose around, um, they they just you just pick what what your address, the last digit of your water address is, or your ad, your house address is. Um, there are a few exemptions to that. So if you, you know, flower beds, if you can water with uh, a hand hose, that, that you're allowed to do that. As long as it's a monitored sprinkler, if you're out the monitoring or, or you know, close by, it doesn't restrict all outside usage to odd even. It just, it just restricts the, the, the watering of the grass. You can um, submit an exemption to the city of Mankato and, and you can water, water daily then too until that's established. There's a certain amount of time that they'll, they'll allow you to do it, but, but there, there are exemptions to, to the system. Just like I said, we wanna provide water, but we also have to make sure that we're not stressing the facility and stressing our resources. So we're trying to find a balance between both to make sure that the residents get what they need and, and we have to you know, like I said, maintain our equipment as well. So it sounds like, yeah, you have plans in place. If something happens, there's a, a storage supply and the city's working to conserve water in the best possible ways. And it's also asking residents and businesses to help do their part to conserve water as well. Thanks for sharing information about this important topic with us, Kyle. Um, please make sure to check out water conservation information on the city's website at mankatomn.gov. Thanks for joining us on Mankato City Stream. This has been the Mankato City Stream podcast. For more information, visit our website at mankatomn.gov or call 311 or 507-387-8600.